0: Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Nino, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room Emotions in the Bible, and we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today. The first reading today is from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 24. We see it in two parts. As usual, God gives a message to the prophet. And then the prophet relates the message and there is that juxtaposition about receiving something and then giving it. We cannot receive something unless we have space for it. And that's the connection to the gospel reading where Jesus meets a young man who is very excited about living a good life and yet he doesn't have enough room in his life to receive the next thing that God has to give. We live in a world where we are constantly acquiring and we measure our success in life by how much we have. And this is in the material realm, positive, in that we can live lives that are filled with wonderful opportunities. If those wonderful opportunities fill us to the point that we cannot receive spiritual gifts, then... We have to ponder, what do I have to let go? And that's the question of the day. In the first reading, we see that Ezekiel receives this word, I'm taking away from you the delight of your eyes. What is the delight of my eyes? I ponder, what is the delight of your eyes? And God is giving him warning that his wife is going to die. And then he gives him instructions. Do not mourn or weep or shed tears groan in silence, make no lament for the dead, and then very specific symbols of what to do with his turban and his sandals and his beard and, and his food that he's supposed to take to the people. None of us are trained in things like grief. And for the most impo- important emotional moments of our life, we seem to be caught unaware for what to do. I definitely wasn't ready for the feelings that were coming when my father died. And I know friends of mine, several of people around me that have lost children, cannot imagine something harder than that. And they had to travel that road and they had to learn the lessons as they walked it. In life, we seem to get training in order to then go do things. And in the spiritual life is the same thing, but God oftentimes comes to us with a challenge And it is in that challenge itself that the preparation will take place. It's the same thing with the life of our emotions because in the life of our careers and in the life of other things, we get training. We feel sometimes incompetent, inadequate, unequipped when it comes to emotional and spiritual things. I have, even in my business, realized that learning by doing is one of the most important principles that we can have and being very aware and very awake in the middle of these things that are sometimes surprises. We hear that Ezekiel, as his wife does, dies, he uh, takes the message that God has given him and shares it. It is hard for us to interpret an event like this. We we get caught, caught in the smallness of our daily routines and the worries in We cannot lift our eyes to look at the larger context. So in that sense, it's important to have advisors, to have guides, to have counselors, to have a spiritual director. My spiritual director has been an essential part of my journey, an essential supporter, a mirror, somebody that can hear my inner conflicts, my inner conversations with God, the work that I am doing on my virtues, so that I can be more specific. She has helped me get up when life has brought me down and in the last little while we've had series of events that have been tough one after another and to have somebody that you can rely on is very important for us, for the spiritual path to be able to take sight of the of the larger context and to also this process of emptying ourselves when life fills us up with our emotions or things that we can't understand there is a great uh, sign in the uh, psalm for today, which comes from Deuteronomy. Let's take a look at that. Deuteronomy chapter 32. On verse 18, we hear, You have forgotten God who gave you birth. What happens when we forget God? We get so busy, or we get so emotional, or we get so distracted, that we forget God. What happens in our life when that is actually a thing? Well, our life then takes a turn where our eyes are focused on the material world, on the physical things that are around us and on our emotions. Unless we practice daily to take ourselves out of the context of the small things that happen, we get filled up to the point that we can't see and we cannot receive, which is part of our question of the day. How do we empty ourselves so that we can receive? I'm in the process of cleaning closets, and in a very, very practical way, unless I empty closets and clear the things that are no longer in use, I don't have room for the next ones. And for the kids, it's really easy because they keep outgrowing clothes, and you have to let them go. For us, the same. Our bodies change our Uh, you know, fashion changes because our age requires different things. And we have to learn to let go. I've had a hard time with that. I've had a hard time letting go of things that belong to dear people in my life, like my dad or my grandma, because I got attached to some of them. And in this summer, I've had a big exercise on this very idea of making room and letting go. As one chapter ends, like my son is about to leave, cleaning things in their rooms and starting a new school, Year, which means looking at the supplies that we have, seeing what we can use and what we cannot. The smallness of our life can be an example if we make our life a prayer for directing even the tiny things that we're doing to God. But if, if, as Deuteronomy 32 says, we forget God who gives us birth, then we have to really find ways to keep Him in our midst. One small thing that I did when the kids were little is I put a little cross on top of each of the light switches around in the room, so that in some way, I would remind myself when I turned the switch to say, "God is the light of the world." not that they're still there, <laughs> not that I think about it about it all the time in fact, now i I don't think about it a lot of the time, but when the kids were very little and you had to be careful not to throw away you know like the cross out when you were turning the lights on and they were in my arms. They were very important reminders that I entered the rooms and there was a moment in my environment that turned my eyes to God. One of the things that I, that I also do is I have an area of the house where I have a candle and I bring some flowers that is my own little altar where I can lift up my eyes to God. And these little symbols in our environment can be ways to turn ourselves in the direction of God, so that we are not like the psalm, you've forgotten God. Because look what happens. God says, I will hide my face from them and see what will become of them. What does that mean? God is always present, ever present, ever merciful. But when we fill up our lives with so many things that we become obsessed with the world, or we become so distracted or so angry, some feeling takes, us, takes our sight away from God. God disappears from our sight. We have a saying that distance increases the longing of our heart, right? And in that, in God's retreat, we can see that perhaps our our heart can regrow that longing for his presence and that, that desire to have him in our lives can be revived. God respects our free will. And although he's always looking for us, if we remove ourselves from his presence, if we really shun him and shut him out... God will retreat in that shunning that we have chosen and until we are wel- we are de- decided to welcome him again he will uh, disappear from sight so let's make a point as as school starts my daughter's start tomorrow and uh, my son's start in two week in a week so we are shifting we're pivoting let's create in our environments a way to open our eyes to God. And let's go to the gospel because Jesus has very specific instructions. We encounter an excited man in the gospel from Matthew 19 today. He's excited. He wants to get better. And look what he says. Teacher, what good must I do to gain eternal life? Let us pay attention to the questions we ask, because our questions define us. And if we can learn to ask better questions, our life will get better. But in that question, what is he saying? Spiritual life seen as an achievement or as gain, right? Because he's saying, what do I do to gain it? So this is a man that is a driven man, is excited, there's a lot of good in him. He's wanting to know also, he's curious, he's coming to the Lord. All of these are beautiful qualities that we all can say, goodness, may I have them too? And Jesus answers, why do you ask me about the good? He is asking the why questions, right? He's wanting to know if we know the essence of our questions, if we know that in the back of our question, there is a reason or an intention that is more important than the question itself. Here he comes to shake us up, right? Why do you ask me about the good? He's redirecting the man. He's redirecting the attention and says, there is only one who is good, right? We can become so obsessed with achievement, even in the spiritual world, that we can think it's all about us. What do I have to do to get good at this, right? So Jesus redirects it. Redirects it. It is God who is good, right? Get back to the essence, to the why of your question. And then reminds him if you wish to enter into eternal life keep the commandments wow once more keep the commands commandments we talked about it a lot uh, a few months ago that jesus says if you love me keep the commandments and advancing in the spiritual life is advancing in our way of love love is the key that jesus tells us we cannot look at spiritual acrobatics. Things are very simple for God. We can make them very complicated. But Jesus reminds this young, excited man, keep the commandments. So what does he say? Which ones, right? He's still curious. He's still like wanting to do it right. And Jesus tells him, do not kill, commit adultery or steal or bear false with witness. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor, right? So he gives him a summary of the Ten Commandments. And the young man is so excited because he's like, I've done these things. And then he goes back to the way he's asking questions. What do I still lack? For him, in the questions, we can see that the questions are about gaining and lacking, right? That is the paradigm that he's living. So there's something there that if he had a spiritual director, he would learn that that's the paradigm he is running in. Gaining and lacking, right? Which is a very good one. But he's coming to Jesus, so Jesus is going to tell him the question itself it's, it, the question itself is showing this desire, this obsession that He has, this sense that the spiritual life is based on a bias of acquiring. and we can ask for ourselves, what is my paradigm? What is my bias? How do I think of my spiritual life? I know for myself because I love learning. I can actually get so caught up in learning that I actually forget to truly listen to God because I'm so busy learning about God. And there's such a distinction there for me that I can actually fill up my life with the learning and actually not leave enough space for God to speak. And sometimes he has to come at me with a two-by-four and say, Sophia, you are not listening. (laughs) And stops me in my tracks for my good and for my benefit. God is preparing us for things That we have no ability to imagine things that no eye has seen. But if our life is so full that we have our eyes covered up, we cannot see them. So let us pray now. Lord, help us empty our life. Help us open spaces where we can be renewed, where we can be surprised, where we can learn of the perfection that you are seeking for our lives and not the way that we think. We need to encounter you. We open our hearts and our minds and we thank you that you don't give up, that you keep trying, that you keep encountering us. In your name we pray. Amen.